The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with nearly 45 minutes of pre-recorded material. That's right, folks. I've been sick, which means I haven't been able to produce for you the one-of-a-kind, brand-new, exceptionally epic content you have come to expect from what is, in the grand scheme of things, the most important podcast in all of human history. Instead, I present to you episode number 14 of the now defunct Stephen Orell's podcast, originally released on April 8th, 2020. Proceed at your own risk. Meanwhile, on a completely different podcast... Hey folks, and welcome to an all-new episode of my new podcast, Life as an Old Man. Well, actually, I don't know if that's going to be the name or not. I should probably figure that out before I get it up there and post it. This is just kind of a tease, just something I'm putting together to get y'all to listen to. I'm putting it here on this on this other podcast to give you a chance to listen to what it is I'm doing. By the way, my name's Abner, Abner Franks. You probably know my son. His name's Abner Franks as well. Maybe you don't know him. I don't know. I don't know who you are. This ain't going very well, is it? Well, the whole purpose of this here podcast is for me to just talk about things I see in life, things that I think people can do better. For example, you ever been in the grocery store and you're walking down the aisle with your cart full of goods and you turn into an aisle and bam, you just you just slam right into somebody else who's also got a cart full of goods. Well, you ever think that maybe that wouldn't happen if people obeyed the traffic laws while they are pedestrians? Let me clarify here just a bit, folks. Let me clarify what I'm trying to say. So what if you always walked on the right side of the aisle? What if you came to a full and complete stop every time you came to an intersection? What if them carts had turn signals on them? Don't you think that would make things a little better? What if when you were turning left into an aisle, you stayed in that right lane? You just didn't swerve into the left lane like some kind of idiot. That'll get the kid out there on the road. Why can't you do that in the grocery store? That's all I'm saying. In fact, why don't we take it a step further? You get some folks in them grocery stores. They don't work for the grocery store. This is a government-mandated policy. They go around them grocery stores, and they give out tickets. Tickets to anybody who is violating traffic laws within the grocery store. Or the Walmarts or the Kmarts or the CVS or Walgreens or Costco, wherever. We're just talking about any kind of retail outlet in which people go, and they're walking around. Now, you can do this in your office building, too, frankly, as far as I'm concerned. You know, if you want to, if you want to institute this policy in your office building, you go right on ahead. But I'm, I'm advocating this. Get it in the Constitution. You know what I'm saying? Get an amendment in the Constitution to make people obey traffic laws when they're pedestrians. That way we ain't running into each other. You got one of these pedestrian traffic law violation police officers in, in, a, in a Costco, for example, and they walk down an aisle and they see one of these idiots sitting there with their cart parked at an angle, taking up the entire aisle just so they can figure out what kind of green beans they want. Well, heck, they get a ticket. If it ain't their first, well, you take them on to jail. That's what I say. We got to be more polite to each other out there, folks. We got to look around. We got to see what's going on around us. You're not the center of the universe, people. Stop acting like it. Is it too much to ask to use hand signals when you're pushing a cart? 
Hey, person behind me, I'm getting ready to turn right up here at the intersection. You may not want to try to pass me. Better yet, I'm trying to turn left. That probably makes more sense, because if you tried to pass me when I'm going to turn left, we're going to have us a collision. Speaking of passing people, why are you in such a dang hurry anyway? There's only so much room down that grocery aisle. Just because somebody stops to quickly grab a can of green beans. That's right. I'm using green beans again. I happen to like green beans. There ain't nothing wrong with a good can of green beans. Of course, I don't go for that French cut. French cut green beans, that just ain't my thing. I got to just get the regular cut green beans. A little salt added. You don't, I don't do that no salt added. I don't care about my heart. My sodium intake is fine, people. Stop worrying about it. The point I'm trying to make is, what is so dad blamed important that you got to pass people in a grocery aisle? Come on now. That's why I think all retail outlets that require the use of a grocery cart be remodeled so that their aisles are wider. We need four lane aisles. You know what I'm talking about here? I mean, I guess, but darn, I lost my train of thought. I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. From a secret location deep within the hills of eastern Kansas, one man armed only with a microphone, his voice, and an unnatural gift for hyperbole brings you the most important podcast in all of human history. It's time to escape from the mundane, ladies and gentlemen. This is Stephen or Else. Hello! Hello! Hello and welcome... Hello, hello, and welcome to another... I gotta stop singing during the intro because there's music playing behind me. Guess what? It's Steven. Welcome to another episode of Steven or Else. Holy crap, it's been a long time. Doesn't matter because you're getting one right now. Steven or Else, y'all, right here, coming at you. Boom! I wish I had something to talk about, though. That would be That would be amazing, wouldn't it? I try to plan for these things. And I spend too much time going, oh my gosh, I got to make a plan. And I stare at my screen and I got episode whatever typed into my show notes. And I'm staring at the screen and I think to myself, What's, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? How am I going to structure this podcast? I don't know. And so then I just walk away and I do an episode of Just Another Fanboy because I don't plan those. There's no real structure to those. Those are easy. This is hard. This is hard work right now, people. I am sweating. Blood, sweat, tears, maybe a little dandruff, possibly some gingivitis. I'm getting a little little too personal, I think, for you folks. Anyway, you know what? That's not really the point. I'm not here to talk about my gingivitis. I'm not here to talk about the lint that I got betwixt my toes. I don't know what I'm here to talk about, frankly. It's a free-for-all up in here, folks. Yay, yay, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, I will tell you what. How about we talk about some comics? What is your favorite thing in the world? Comics. Yes. Comics! No, 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 wait, tell me about comics. The Batman. 
man, a mysterious and adventurous figure, fighting for righteousness and apprehending the wrongdoer in his lone battle against the evil forces of society. His identity remains unknown. This is how the first appearance of Batman opens. I'm looking at Detective Comics, issue number 27 from May of 1939 by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. This is a six-page story, and at the top, the title of the, the comic says The Batman, and it gives you that little description. Now, the first big change between the Batman of then and the Batman of now is that the way his name is listed, it says The Batman, but Batman is B-A-T-M-A-N. And every time they use the name Batman, they say the Batman, and then Batman is in quotes. I don't know when they decided to squish the letters together and just call him Batman, which really, when you think about it, is kind of a silly name. But recently I realized, just like I had with Superman, I had never read Batman's first appearance. And unlike Superman, this is not an origin story. The first Batman tale, he is already established as the Batman. But for those reading this story for the very first time, all six pages of it, they don't know who Batman is. They don't know his secret identity. Of course, we, we know now, right? I mean, I'm not spoiling anything by letting you know that it's Bruce Wayne. But the Bruce Wayne in this first story is actually quite funny because we open at the home of Commissioner Gordon. And the book says, the home of Commissioner Gordon, who at the moment is entertaining his young socialite friend, Bruce Wayne. So they're friends. It's kind of a weird friendship, I think. Just right off the bat, they're in Gordon's home. Gordon is sitting at his desk. Batman is sitting at the, well, Batman, sorry. Sorry, everybody. Bruce Wayne is sitting at the on the other side of the desk and he's smoking a pipe. And he's just, he's just very, he just seems bored. He just seems bored with life. Gordon gets a phone call and finds out that Lambert, the chemical king, has been stabbed to death and his son's fingerprints are all over the knife. So, of course, Gordon has to go check it out. The, the, he has to oversee the crime scene, but he invites his young friend, Bruce Wayne, to tag along. And Bruce Wayne says, oh, well, nothing else to do. Might as well. Because he's just bored. He's bored with life. Now, when they arrive at Lambert's mansion, Bruce Wayne, he is just at Gordon's side the entire time. Gordon is walking the crime scene. He's talking to the cops. They're, they're filling him in on what's going on. They point out Lambert's son, who, who is a grown man. He goes to talk to Lambert's son. The whole time, Bruce is just right there, right next to him. He might as well be riding Gordon's back. Because he's not just standing next to him. It's like he's he's at his right shoulder at all times. He's like a, I don't know, he's like a hanger on. But he's just he's just bored, smoking his pipe. Just, oh, hmm, hmm. Well, young Lambert tells the story that he had come home. He was walking by the library. And he heard a groaning from within. And he goes in and he finds his dad on the ground. He's been stabbed. He's groaning. He notices that his dad's safe is open and he falls to the ground and he picks his dad up and father, no. And his dad says, contract, contract. Oh, and then he dies. So asking the normal questions, of course, 
Gordon asks him if his father had any enemies. He believes that young Lambert did not kill his father. But did he have any enemies? And he tells him that he had three former business partners, Steve Crane, Paul Rogers, and Alfred Stryker. Well, at that very moment, one of the police officers is on the phone and he says, Commissioner Gordon, I have Steve Crane on the phone. He's called to speak with old Lambert. But when I told him that old Lambert, because they call him old Lambert versus young Lambert. But when I told him old Lambert was murdered, he got very excited and he asked to speak with you. So he gets on, Gordon gets on the phone with Steve Crane and Crane tells him that yesterday Lambert had told him that he had received an anonymous threat upon his life. And now the same thing has happened to him. Steve Crane. So Gordon tells him, hang on, Steve Crane, we're on the way. But Bruce decides at this point not to go with them over to Crane's house. And in fact, as he's standing there, tapping out his pipe on his palm, tapping pipe ash all over Lambert's carpets and, you know, probably the crime scene too, I might add. He says, ho-hum, I'll leave you to finish your work. I'm going home. Because he's a bored socialite. Well, we go straight from that panel to the next panel where we see Crane sitting in a chair and there's a man standing there pointing a gun at him. He shoots Crane, kills him, opens up the safe, steals a paper, and leaps out the window. All this happens in two panels. He climbs up to the roof of the mansion where he meets up with a partner. Then they're both like, ha ha, we did it. We've got the paper. But then suddenly the Batman is there. And they turn around and they say, the Batman. And so they fight and Batman beats him up and he takes the paper. And then Gordon arrives down on the street below. He arrives at the mansion and the butler tells him, oh my gosh, Mr. Crane, he has been killed. And then we go straight back to Batman or the Batman. And he's in his very ordinary looking car. And he's reading the paper that he had taken from the murderer who had taken it from Crane's safe and he's reading it and he smiles. Then we see one of the other partners, Rogers. He goes to visit the fourth partner, the only two partners that are left alive. He goes to visit Stryker, but instead of seeing Stryker at Stryker's house, Stryker, 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 Stryker. That was from Airplane. I don't don't know if you're aware of that. But instead of Stryker answering the door, his man Jennings is there. And Jennings invites him inside, whacks Rogers over the head, carries him down to the basement lab, ties him up, and places him under this big open glass cylinder, like a dome, like a big glass dome. And he tells him, ha-ha, this is the gas chamber. As soon as this glass lid lowers over you, the gas will stream out of the jet thing at the top, and you will die. And he pushes some levers and whatnot. And he says, I'm going downstairs because apparently there's a sub-basement. I'm going downstairs to turn on the gas. And so the glass dome thing starts to lower. And then suddenly Batman is there. And with the speed of a prowling cat, uh, prowling cats aren't really all that fast. Um, with the speed of a pouncing cheetah, he grabs a wrench off of the table and leaps under the glass dome with Rogers. And as the dome 
encloses them, it meets the ground and covers them. He takes a handkerchief, not a bat handkerchief. They don't call it a bat handkerchief, but he takes a handkerchief and he shoves it up into the tubing, the jet thing where the gas is going to come out. And then he smashes the glass dome with his wrench, freeing Rogers. And that's when Jennings comes in and he's like, why you? And they fight. Batman takes Jennings out. And at that point, Stryker comes in. Now, Batman is kind of on the floor behind some equipment, subduing Jennings. So Stryker doesn't see him. And he comes in and he says, oh, so Jennings didn't take you out, huh? Well, then I'll have to finish you. He pulls out a knife. I'll finish you and then throw your body in the acid tank below. Really dark, Stryker. That's really dark. But of course, Batman leaps out from behind the equipment and they fight. And Batman subdues him. He's like holding Stryker there by his collar. He's just holding him. And Rogers is, he's befuddled. What? I don't understand. Why would he do this, the Batman? And so Batman spells it all out for him. Rogers, Lambert, Crane, and Stryker were once partners in the Apex Chemical Corporation. Stryker wanted all of it. He didn't want to share the wealth. He wanted the whole thing. But he didn't have the cash to buy it all up from the other three. So he made these secret contracts to pay them uh, uh, installments every year until he owned everything. But he didn't want to wait that long, so he hired someone to kill the three of them, steal the contracts, which, as I said, Batman points out, they are secret. That is important because nobody else knew of these contracts. So if, they, so if he steals them and burns them, then no one will know that he was trying to wrest control of this corporation away from them. And it's at that point that Stryker breaks free and he pulls a gun and he shoots Batman, but he misses because Batman socks him in the jaw. And that's when Stryker, reeling from the mighty blow, falls into the tank of acid. Batman's response, a fitting end for his kind. That's right, folks. If you're not aware of it, Batman did not care if the people that he went after died. He may have even used a gun at one point. I don't know. I haven't gotten much further than issue number 27. But to wrap the story up, we go back to Commissioner Gordon, back to his home. He's sitting at his desk with Bruce Wayne, and he's telling Bruce Wayne the harrowing adventure with the Batman. And Bruce Wayne is like, eh, I'm going to go home. Yawn. And he leaves, and Commissioner Gordon is thinking to himself, that boy just doesn't seem to care about anything. He's so rich, he's just bored with life. And then Batman goes into his home and then comes right... See, I said that wrong, because if, if you didn't know, I'm kind of spoiling the ending. Bruce Wayne, who is hanging out with Commissioner Gordon, and went, yawn, I'm going to go home. I'm so bored, I'm so rich. Bruce Wayne goes home. You see him go into the, he opens up his front door, he walks into his home, and then the front door opens back up, and out he comes again, dressed as the Batman, and the whole readership at the time went, what? Bored socialite Bruce Wayne is Batman? It cannot be. But it did be. It did be. This week's news and information you could have easily gotten for yourself with just a little effort is brought to you by the Tom Bosworth Pedestrian Traffic Institute of America. 
When Tom Bosworth set the world record for speedwalking on July 8, 2017, little did he know that this amazing feat of briskness would inspire Joan Milton from Paramus, New Jersey to create the very first Pedestrian Traffic Institute. Do you find it difficult to make your way around your local grocery store? Do you stop at the intersections of aisles and find you aren't quite certain what to do? Who has the right-of-way? Sign up now for one seven-year course at the Tom Bosworth Pedestrian Traffic Institute of America, and you'll be on the only path available to provide you with the guidance you'll need to navigate America's cluttered retail superhighways. With over 6 million campuses across the country, you'll have no trouble finding a classroom and getting the training you'll need. Apply today and receive a free set of walking shoes in your choice of white, black, or sporty red. So what are you waiting for? The Tom Bosworth Pedestrian Traffic Institute of America. Walk with confidence again. Today's headlines come from APnews.com. Headline number one, family gets 55,000 duplicate letters from loan company. An Ohio man is pondering what to do with the 55,000 duplicate statements addressed to his home by a student loan company. Dan Kane said he was suspicious when a postal worker in Twinsburg, Ohio, told him recently that his mail wouldn't fit through the front door of the office. When Kane drove his truck around to the back of the building, he found a postal worker wheeling out two large bins full of letters. W-O-I-O-T-V reported. It turned out that there were a total of 79 bins of letters, and it took Kane two trips to deliver them to the garage of his family's home in the city roughly 25 miles southeast of Cleveland. Officials from College Avenue Student Loan said in an email Monday that it apologized for the error in its mailing system and was putting corrective measures in place to prevent it from happening in the future. We are working with Dan directly on a remedy, including picking up the mail from him, if possible, and a statement credit for the inconvenience. The company's chief operating officer, Tim Staley, said, I just hope it doesn't happen again, Kane said. I might just have to return to sender. Ha ha ha! Ha ha! Oh ho ho ho! Ha ha! Zinger! From Dan Kane there, folks. Zinger! Burn! Bazinga! Bam! The duplicate statements were for a loan Kane and his wife had taken out for college tuition, Kane said. He also indicated that the statement was wrong and believed the company used the wrong interest rate to calculate his payment. College Avenue Student Loans said in the email Monday that there wasn't an error in the calculation. The rate matches what was disclosed when the loan was originated, Staley said, adding they also were working with Kane to resolve his questions regarding the interest rate. 55,000 letters! At what point does somebody within the facility say, uh, are we really supposed to be mailing out 55,000 letters to the same guy? Is that is that a thing? Nobody questioned this. That's what's wrong with corporate America today. Somebody's standing there watching all of these letters come off the line. No quality control. 55,000 letters. 
Think of the trees, man. Think of the trees. I mean, the Lorax is going to be pissed when he reads this article. You don't want to mess with the Lorax. He speaks for the trees. Headline number two, package labeled bag full of drugs leads to Florida arrests. Two men charged with drug trafficking could have done a better job hiding their wares than using a package labeled bag full of drugs, Florida authorities said. Ian Simmons and Joshua Reinhardt, both 34, were pulled over in Santa Rosa County on Saturday after a trooper clocked them going 95 miles per hour on Interstate 10 on the state's panhandle, according to a Florida Highway Patrol arrest report. The trooper determined that Reinhardt was the subject of an active felony warrant for violation of probation in Orange County. He requested backup. A Santa Rosa County Sheriff deputy arrived to assist, and a canine alerted to the presence of contraband in the vehicle, the arrest report said. Authorities found approximately 75 grams of methamphetamine, 1.36 kilograms of the date-rape drug GHB, 1 gram of cocaine, 3.6 grams of fentanyl, 15 MDMA tablets, and drug paraphernalia. Both men were taken into custody and taken to jail. They were charged with trafficking in methamphetamine and GHB, three counts of possession of a controlled substance and possession of drug paraphernalia. Note to self, do not traffic your illegal narcotics in bags labeled bag full of drugs, deputies wrote on Facebook. Our canines can read. Jail records did not say whether the men had attorneys. Who would comment? So did they have other bags in the car? Similar bags to the bags that had the drugs? Maybe one bag had their lunch. Another bag had office supplies. Maybe a third bag had their grandmother's prescription medicine in it or something they were donating to the local nursing home. And they didn't want to get the bags mixed up. And so rather than labeling the other bags, they said the important one is the bag full of drugs. So let's let's label that one. It just makes me wonder about the future, ladies and gentlemen. It makes me wonder about our future and it makes me makes me a little sad. something new every day. For example, did you know that people are colder today than they were in the 19th century? It's true. According to Ripley's Believe It or Not, way back in 1851, a German scientist by the name of Karl Reinhold August Wunderlich developed the standard for our internal body temperature of 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius. The good doctor collected millions of temperature samples from 2,500 patients in the city of Leipzig. Didn't matter if they were sick or not, he took their temperatures and then wrote the book on temperature variation related to illness. Wunderlich noted temperature variations based on gender, age, height, and weight. His research was so spot on that 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit became the textbook standard for ideal body temperature for generations, and it is still used today. Because of his work, doctors began using body temperature as the thing to look for and to identify the presence 
of infection. I mean, you go to a doctor today and what's the first thing they do? They stick you in a room and then the nurse comes in and she takes your blood pressure and she takes your temperature. But regardless of all that, doctors today know that one's body temperature can change. It actually fluctuates by as much as a half a degree throughout the day. Older people tend to stay colder than younger people. Menstruating women are typically warmer than men, and most folks rise a bit after eating or exercise. Lord knows this guy gets a little warm under the collar after having a Big Mac. I can tell you that. When all said and done, however, we tend to hover around a standard body temperature. But guess what? According to this Ripley's Believe It or Not article, our body temperatures have been dropping by approximately 0.05 degrees Fahrenheit every 10 years since the early 1800s. The result, women born in the 2000s are on average 0.58 degrees Fahrenheit cooler than females born in the 1890s. For men, those born in the 2000s measure 1.06 degrees Fahrenheit cooler than males born in the early 1800s. Does this mean that we're going to get a change to what doctors consider our standard body temperature? Maybe. Some scientists from Stanford are calling for a change. But what's causing the cool down? What's happening? Is it global warming? No, actually it's not. The article says that scientists theorizes that this change in body temperature has to do with decreased rates of inflammation due to antibiotics, anti-inflammatory drugs, and all over better health. All them folks in the 19th century, well, they had to deal with malaria and tuberculosis, dental disease, chronic wounds, and everybody's favorite, bouts of dysentery. It's no wonder they ran a little hotter. The article goes on further to say that scientists also theorize that our comfortable modern lifestyles may play a role in these changes. Americans live in temperature-controlled environments hovering around a constant 70 degrees Fahrenheit year-round. Basically, what they're saying there is our bodies don't have to work that hard to maintain that body temperature because we're kind of doing it for them. But does that mean that people in other parts of the world, you know, the areas in the world that don't have access to a lot of antibiotics, thermostats, and dental care, are they running warmer? A 2008 study from Pakistan supports this conclusion with subjects averaging Wonderlich's original figure of 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. That said, at least that's what the article says, more research is still needed. Some scientists think that the cooling trend will continue in the future as medicine and life expectancy improve. Researchers even hope to use body temperature as a means of predicting longevity. No one knows for sure, though, what a continued drop in temperature will mean for humans moving forward. But I tell you what, I'm getting cold just thinking about it, getting a little shivery. It doesn't help that it's below freezing outside, but I think it's best that we all warm up with 30 seconds of nonsense. One of my biggest hopes in life is to one day ride a fish. You know, like a horse. Just strap on a saddle and some scuba gear and let her rip. Think of the freedom. If only I could make this dream come true, then maybe I could move on to the next, the next dream on my list. Underwater cowboy. I'm talking about revolutionizing the fishing industry here, folks. I'm talking about a good old fashioned fish drive. Because believe you me, there's nothing like bringing in a school of fish. 
30 Seconds of Nonsense has been brought to you by the author McKenzie's School of Fish Wrangling. Sign up today and you'll be roping fish by Christmas. Solutions Incorporated, this is Charles. How may I help you? Well, honestly, I ain't sure I got the right place. For which product are you inquiring? Ham patties. Well, then you have the right place. How may I help you? Are you sure? Because I thought I was calling the Yummy Tum Foods hotline. I ain't never heard of this Solutions and whatever it is you call it. Solutions Incorporated, sir. We're a call center that contracts out to many of the products and services you use every day. How can I help you? Oh, I see. Okay, well, here's the thing. I bought a case of your ham patties seven years ago. You know, them canned ones. And, well, I'm down to my last can, and it it says here that it's expired. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I wanted to have some ham patties tonight, you know, for dinner. I mean, I sure do love these ham patties. You know what I'm saying? Of course I do. Yummy tum ham patties are positively scrumptious. Well, yeah, I mean, I bought a whole case of them at the huge mart because it was cheap and on sale and all that. And, well, like I said, I love me some ham patties, so I thought I'd pick it on up. Splendid. Right? So a few minutes ago, I pulled that last can from the cabinet to cook me up some of these ham patties, and I look at the date on the back, which I never do, to be honest with you. I just figured it's ham patties, right? Ham patties don't go bad. Indeed. Well, the date says, here, let let me grab the can. I'll, I'll, I'll read exactly to you what it says. Just a second. Take your time. Okay, okay, I found it. Splendid! <clears throat> yeah, so the date here on top of the can, it says, used before April 27th, right? Okay. Well, that's April 27th of this year, right? Well, that's one possibility. Well, it says here, April 27, 2019. But that was last year, wasn't it? That's correct. Well, I guess what I'm asking here is in regards to the date there that's printed there on top of that can. I mean, is there like a hard and fast rule on that date? You know, like, does the date mean that the ham patties have gone bad starting the day after that date? Or is there, like, some wiggle room there? That date is meant to inform the consumer that it's best to prepare, serve, and consume those ham patties before the date to ensure maximum taste. Right, I understand that, but if I was to eat it, you know, like, after the date, would I become, like, sick or anything? It is possible. Depending on how long the time frame is following the date, it is entirely feasible that you could become sick, which is why we would never recommend that you consume any of our products after the date that has been printed on the package. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. All right, thanks. No, thank you. Is there anything else I can do for you today? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. Well, in that case, thank you for your call and have a good day. Okay, you too. Uh... Yes, sir, is there something else I can help you with? Well... Sir? I ate the ham patties. I see. Well, I'm sure you'll be okay. Well, I've thrown up four times already. Ah, well, in that case, sir, I would suggest you seek medical help as soon as possible. Really? You think that's necessary? Yes, sir. I believe under the circumstances that it would be in your best interest to hang up the phone and continue at once to the emergency room of your local hospital or possibly even a walk-in urgent care facility. Yeah, that's a good idea, I guess. But here's the thing. 
I'm new to town, and I ain't really sure where the hospital is or if we even have one. Well, that's no problem. In light of this new information, I would recommend you hang up and dial 911 with all due haste. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I could do that, I suppose. What was your name again? Well, my name is Charles. Charles Bland. But you can call me Chuck. Okay, great. Thanks, Chuck. Not a problem, sir. Thank you. I think I'll have the chicken for lunch today. Well, there it is, folks, the end of the episode. Again, it's been a long time since I put one of these out, but I'm feeling pretty good about this one. I'm feeling pretty darn dandy indeed. Now, before I go, I do want to say that I love you. Not all of you. I mean, that was kind of mean, wasn't it, to say I love you and then just take it back because I'm mean. I don't know why I said it in the first place, you know? I'm like one of those uncomfortable kids out on a date. I love you. (laughs) I just wanted to say that I think y'all are great. I mean, if you're listening to this show after that great amount of time I was off, I tried to throw a couple episodes in there, here and there. I don't know. They're not that great. I'm really proud of this one. I think this is a good one. And I, I got them creative juices flowing again. I'm ready to start pounding out some more episodes. So... I don't know. I don't know what else I should say. That's about it. I wanted to, I also, well, here's the thing. All right. Okay. Let me back up. Let me rewind it a little bit. I don't want to just wrap it up here. I want to tell you about something I got going on. If you do the whole discord thing, I do have a new discord server out there for me, for the Steven or else it's there to talk about this show. It's there to talk about comics. It's there to talk about just another fanboy. It's just there to talk, man. Just get together. We'll chat. We'll say things to each other. I haven't done the voice part of it yet. I don't, I don't really have time or a place to sit down with like a microphone and a headset and, and just chat with people. But as far as text chat, I'm all about that. All right, so give it a try. Go over there if you do the Discord. It's at discord.stevenorelse.com. And hey, if you want to tell me, dude, where have you been? Thank you for this episode. It was splendiferous and wonderful and the new hotness and on fleek and tight and shiny and all that stuff. You can send that to feedback at stevenorelse.com. You can support me over at the Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, patreon.com slash or and then you're going to get access to my other podcast. And guess what that's called? It's called my other podcast. Ha ha ha. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? I came up with that. That's mine. I'm a genius. It's my podcast. My other podcast. It releases every week. And recently I've been using it to talk about comics. Sometimes I talk about what's coming up on Just Another Fanboy. What I might be working on. What's in my head. What's going on around me. I did a couple episodes about the weather. Doesn't that sound exciting? Well, you can get that every week for as little as a dollar a month. One dollar a month. That's not a lot. You're going to get this other podcast, my other podcast, four times a week, unless it's a week that has five weeks. But in a normal month that has four weeks, that's 25 cents an episode. One dollar a month, $12 a year. That's less than a cup of coffee. That's how people try to sell that stuff. That's, people just be buying coffee all over. They ain't got no problem just going in and buying a cup of coffee. I'm talking about something that's less than the price of a cup of coffee. Once a month. But here's the deal, folks. If you don't want to support me monetarily, if you don't want to, if you can't, if you can't afford it, or you just plain simply do not want to, that's cool. I don't mind. I sure could use your help, though, just getting the word out there. Tell your friend. 
Tell your friend's friend. Tie a little note, stick it in a bottle, throw it into the freaking ocean. Whisper it to your dog. Just tell some people. Bring them around. Stephen or else, just another fanboy. We're out there, man. We're just doing it. We're just digging in and changing the world. One podcast at a time. Not really. Not really. Hey, if you want to find me in other places out on the web, you got uh, StephenOrElse.com. That's the website. Just know the fanboy.com. That's a website, too. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at StephenOrElse.com. I'll be over there all the time just putting stuff up. Bunch of nonsense. But then that's my podcast, right? So that's it, folks. That's the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I can't wait to record some more. I'm out. Love you. Be nice to each other. What else can I say? I guess what I'm trying to say, folks, is we all need to be better about things in life. Wake up, smell the coffee. Or the tea. I don't know what you drink in the morning. Some people wake up and they drink energy drinks. I don't I don't get that myself. Seems like a heart attack in a can, if you ask me. You just always gotta be looking. Use your peripherals, folks. There's people behind you, there's people next to you. I remember what I was talking about now, dagnabbit. Grocery aisles, they need to be wider. We need a browsing lane, first of all, on each side of the aisle. This is the lane where you can stop and you can look at the stuff on the aisle, on the on the shelving. Let's use green beans as an example again. Let's say all you find is French-cut green beans. Well, you don't like them French-cut green beans. they just a little too fancy for your taste. You're looking for just regular-cut green beans. So you stop there and you pause and you're looking up and down the aisle. You're looking at the shelves. You're reading labels. All you can find is green beans that are cut the way you like, but they're no salt at it. Well, what's the fun in that? Next to that browsing lane is the go-through lane. I'm sure there's a better name for it, but basically it's uh, you can just go by. You don't have to worry about trying to pass them, hitting somebody coming the other direction because you're going to have two lanes going either way, the go-through lane. That's what you need, four lanes. Two browsing lanes, two go-through lanes, or passing lanes. That's what you can call them. You can call them passing lanes, I suppose. That makes a little bit more sense than go-through. You know, sometimes I go to the grocery store, and I'm going down the main aisle, and I just need to get onto the other side of the aisle, and I use one of these cross aisles. And I don't I don't want to have to worry about people stopping to look for chili. I just want to get through. I just want to get through to the other side. Well, if we had one of these passing lanes... You can do that. You can get from one side of the grocery store to the other. Don't have to wait while people look for pig's feet. Spray on butter. What's that all about anyway? Spray on butter. That seems kind of weird, don't you think? Butter's something you pull out of a tub with a knife and you spread it on. Why are you spraying butter on things? What's wrong with these people these days? Just listen to what I'm telling you, folks. Listen to my podcast. Follow my rules. You'll get okay. You'll get on with life like a... Like somebody who gets on in life, because, you know, doing stuff the right way. Now, I can't tell you where to find this podcast, because like I said, I ain't even come up with a name for it yet. So I don't know where it's going to be. 
Frankly, I don't even know if this is going to go out to anybody. I ain't, I said I was going to put it on somebody else's podcast, but I'll be honest with you, I don't know nobody who, I don't know anybody. That's it. That's all I got to say. I guess, I don't know. I don't know how to close one of these things out. Maybe I should just stop talking. Maybe that's what I should do. Just stop talking, and then maybe some music will come in, and maybe something else will happen. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it too much. You know what? Here's another thing you should do when you're planning. You should you should plan. Planning is an important thing. Plan on stuff. Otherwise, at some point, you're just going to find yourself sitting in a car, babbling away like some kind of idiot. No point at all. You got nothing to say, folks. Maybe you do got something to say. I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Maybe maybe if somebody would just give me the mercy of just cutting this off and getting on with something else, that would that would really help me out a bit because I'm, I'm just lost. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going crazy over here, folks. Everything's going nuts. Why can't somebody just come along and cut it off and move on with the show already? Just please, please, God, please, I'm going to do that.